Beer 30 Live, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Pete Wright sitting here with, unbelievably, uh, people that I haven't seen in like three or four months. It has been a long oh, it hasn't time. Been that long. Uno numero honcho, Jamie it's Whitley. Jamie Whitley, it's good to be here. Good I to haven't see seen you. you in a long time. It's been a long mm-hmm. time. Yep. Mary, yes, Bradbury hello. Jones. She looks so beautiful. I can't believe seeing oh, you guys just stop. sitting in the same room. Yeah, you look yeah. great. You're, you're ready, My right? Huge. Your belly is huge. You said it, your words, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> it's one of those things where I've stopped realizing exactly how wide I am and it's running into things. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. You know, my dog, not so long ago, she had surgery because, um, you know, we had her fixed. And she had that big cone thing on her head, and yeah. she never did figure it out. She kept running into things yeah. all the time. Is that like how you are? Or you get just, yeah. you got this whole gross space <laughs> problem. I don't judge the space in my space well enough. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. We've got, uh, like we've a got cat a... without their whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> we've got another guest uh, sitting at the table here, Mr. Jason Steibel. Welcome, Jason. Hello. Jason uh, is uh, Jason's in the mortgage biz. Hot. That's uh, Hot industry right now. Hot in terms of what you're taking. Yeah, hence he's here. Yeah. I mean, really, he's so busy. He rarely, that he has we, time we to come have, drink beer with us. Yeah, it's, uh, no, it's, no, we're, yeah, uh, glad we're looking, you showered for us today, man. We're, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about what's going on in the market right now. Perfect. And uh, and so we welcome Jason to the table. And uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, so what do we have to talk about today? What have you guys been up to? Uh, headlines or sure, just in general? It. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do headlines. General head- headlines. All right. Uh, on my list today... You were talking about this, Mary, the woman in the, the woman, um, Yeah, on the Southwest flight. That oh, it was Southwest. It was Southwest, wow. which is I thought was Yeah, because they're so odd. liberal, aren't they? Well, just that, well, I don't know about well, that. Well, I mean, they're called Southwest the fun airline. The funny, yeah, you know, oh, laid back know. airline, I right, guess you Right, that say, is so comical. Oh, anyways, uh, go but ahead. But apparently her, she was asked or something to, she did end up flying on the flight, but she was asked to get off and adjust her clothing Pull her tank top up and her skirt down. Hmm. Wait. Her, so her tank top up, up and her skirt down. down. So. Uh, yeah, see, I was going the other way. Like, why is she lifting her shirt up and taking I mean. her no. skirt yeah. down? That doesn't. Up, up. I, I oh, get the chest. Like that. Yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm going to roll my shirt up and do the underboob thing on Southwest. Mm. Just, so, to, just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, all right, so but she goes I, on Southwest, right? right? And she's wearing clothing that is. A little revealing, but nothing over the top. I saw it. I didn't think it was that bad. Who complained? Southwest? They don't. They all Southwest said is they receive complaints. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I don't think anybody came. Okay, wait a second. All right, we gotta we gotta at least all be sharing. Okay, so there's her. There there she is. She was wearing, and you can see that the tank top is stretched down, stretched taut. Yes. Over her. All right, but she doesn't. Somebody and somebody was. Offended or something, right? right? The skirt is right. short. The skirt I have, is short. Okay. I have seen shorter. Okay, can I? But in, I'm going to be very, very cynical about this. So, so somebody complains and she gets kicked off or whatever. Has to take another flight. So if I'm on there and somebody has, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but if somebody has, say, horrible uh, bo, horrible bo, or or even let's 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 go back to uh, religious right, and I'm wearing a burqa, and I'm saying, well, that offends me. Can I say, can I get you kicked off because I don't like your burqa? Right. I mean. I, I, right? the, the whole thing is strange. It's I think. totally weird. Yeah. They owe a huge apology. Speak up. You're going to say something. No, I, 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 I mean, agree. you can take it's, this. No, to the I extreme, agree. It's right? ridiculous. It is really ridiculous. I, I don't know. I mean, I look at her and I've, I, I've flown on plenty of flights. I've seen plenty of people. So have I. Not dressed like that. That are dressed far worse than that. I mean, if somebody would have been trying to kick her off, the she dressed, I, mean, I would have offered. But she can come sit next to me. Of and we could do a two-for-one on the last of day, right? We could. could. Jamie, because you're a classy guy. <laughs> of course I am. You stand for what's right. That's right. I'm standing so up for, stand for something. So she supposedly flew with blankets, had blankets over her lap. <laughs> Are something. you kidding No, that, that's what I think she said. Being oh, my oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's awful. Yeah. So in, all she wants is an apology from Southwest and hasn't gotten one. So what? now, of course, she's thinking of suing them. Oh, my gosh. The fun airline. So. Okay. As well, now I have a problem with that. See, with I'm suing sh- them? Well... This should, first of all, this shouldn't even be in the media. What, what is the, how did this become a story on ABCnews.com? Why is this, well, why are we CNN talking about it? I mean, it was okay, on so CNN. why are we talking about it? 
I mean, who cares? Well, but I think it maybe goes to Jamie's question, which yeah. is then where does, you know. I, th- I think that's why we're talking about it. Because enough, enough. Yeah, right. somebody decides right. that they don't like her outfit, and it's it's probably it's not offensive for probably you know. It's not like she's certainly dealing body so, parts. So why? And if that's offensive, then then where do you stop? You know, I don't like your shirt. It's offensive to me. I don't like the way you smell. I don't like the look. I, don't, I mean, why are you looking at me when you say all that stuff? Dude? Well, you know, I you know I it was know. the same thing we had Alan Gressionet on uh, several weeks ago, and he said the same thing that we're. That we're a puritarian state. I mean, that's just what—that's what we do. And in other countries around the world, they don't care about this kind of stuff. We truck in it. This is our this this is our currency. Our I don't think currency. most of us care. I think there are a few whack jobs in the. In the I think United there are States a lot care. of whack jobs. I think there's a lot care. of people that care actually. Well, and, I, and it ruins it for the rest of us. I think because I think most of us probably look at that news and go, "Oh my gosh, why do you? This is stupid." So if you took a poll, ninety percent of America would say this is right. dumb. And then, but then we have to figure out how to accommodate the 10% that are all voting Democrat anyways. But we, we also <laughs> live in Oregon where, you know what, we have more strip clubs per cap. I mean, yeah. we're living in an area maybe where. That's true. I mean, you go in the Midwest, I'm telling you, people are more yeah. concerned with really? that stuff. Yeah, yeah we are the strip club capital. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, Very proud of it. You know, and probably if we got out into rural Oregon, you'd have more people caring about that. So she did she? Yeah, I mean, well, I, maybe I don't know. I mean, I, know. I mean, I've I grew up out in rural Oregon, and you know, I mean, that's the, she's dressed like anybody else dresses, I, you know. She's not too unlike the the flight attendants when you fly down in South America. Yeah, that's like what they wear. The flight attendants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they yeah. wear short skirts and high heels. And yeah. No, it's that's they're not flight attendants. Those are still stewardesses. Oh, right. oh, okay. I may, I, that's that's oh, an that's important your, distinction. When uh, I, I flew uh, Asiana Airlines uh, over to Korea a while ago, and, and it's a whole different thing. I mean, first of all, there are no men on, that work on these yeah. flights. There are no men, and all the women are in stiletto heels yes. and short skirts. I mean yeah, short, short skirts. I know, it's bizarre. Where's this at? <laughs> what airline? Actually, it was Korean Air. Korean it's like Air. the worst. It's the working conditions, in my yeah. opinion. They have to wear yeah. those heels and... Little anyway. turbulence, yeah, <laughs> not good. You be steady on your feet. That's right, not good at all. Take a header. So, all right. Anyways. So, so feel bad for poor Kyla Ebert. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, but there's the other thing. She's, I think she's. It's either San Diego or Tucson. She was flying from San Diego to Tucson. She's from one of these places. Because well, it was hot. In t- it's yeah. hot in both of those freaking right. places. This is, you know, That's this is what you see on the street. It's correct. That. It's not hot. It's roasting. It's yeah. roasting yeah. hot. It's not. Okay. It's, it's not it's hot. Global warming hot. <laughs> Oh, come on, it's freezing here. We haven't even had a summer, so I don't want to hear this global warming stuff because it's cold. It's, it's, we haven't it's had cold a summer. In the morning. No, we it's haven't had, cold. We haven't had a summer. I agree with that, it's but I just summer. like it when you get yeah, up. Before you showed me that picture, I was literally expecting to like, see yeah, stuff. To see things out. falling out. Right. Yes. No, she's not. She looks fine. Like I've seen worse. Your wife won't listen to this. It's okay. I adore my wife. That's an odd issue. You didn't introduce us to your girlfriend. No, Rita. Oh, no. Okay. no, she doesn't want to talk. Yeah, no, well. she's a little quiet. Uh, and so, what do we else do? <laughs> Please. Move. Speaking of nothing, I guess uh, the the, the, uh, the big news today is the Bin Laden tape that just came out, or is coming. It's out. coming out. I don't or know something. what. It, first, they say it's rumored to be coming out, but then there's a transcript posted. Yeah, so I have and I saw him. pictures too. Oh, did you? Yeah, he's got. It looks like he's got. He's using like Rogaine or something for his beard. I don't know what's going on. Well, that's on. what you they're know, saying. They're wondering if he's living in a somewhere where he do, can't have a beard. beard, so he doesn't stand out. That's maybe, what some because CIA he's guys say. He might have got kicked off a plane because if his beard was offensive. Right. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, so what did he say? What was he? What was I don't his know. message? I, I There's something he'd... about what? Well, I just heard this coming over on the radio, so I don't know how true this is or not because. The Reports are always changing every time you hear mm-hmm. something. But something like if we would if we would um, uh, convert to Islam and um, something else, some other stipulation, what, then, right. then we'll be left alone. We just I just found the transcript here, and here's here is big message. The headline message is, uh, you know that. Uh, Al Qaeda leader says this is from MSNBC.com. Al Qaeda leader says majority or that major corporations are to blame for the continuation of the conflict that the vast majority quote vast majority of Americans once stopped 
quote, you elected the Democratic Party for this purpose, he says, according to the translated transcript of the tape. On the contrary, they continue to agree to spending tens of billions to continue the killings and the war there. And then he has solutions. Two solutions to stopping it. One is from our side, and it is to escalate the fighting and killing against you. This is our duty, and our brothers are carrying it out, bin Laden says, according to the transcript. The second is from your side. I invite you to embrace Islam. Okay. Embrace. You know what's so see, now on the radio they tell us convert. convert. Right. Yeah. So, you know, interesting. That's, to me, those are two different words. Well, they may yeah, not. Yeah, but I don't know if they're two different they words to them. Depend, well, it depends on the, tra- on the translation. Because yeah. uh, I, I think the... the Battle is, is a religious battle, and it is well. If you convert, then you know we'll leave you alone. But as long as you don't convert, we're essentially going to try and kill you wherever you are because we don't like you. And, and so, it's this is a big deal. This is a philosophical, worldwide battle yeah. between people who have taken an extreme view of a of a religion and said, if you don't believe how we believe, we have every right and, and duty to kill but you. But that's not yeah. where his anger, that's not why his anger started in the first place. Well, but I it can't It was all about us, you know, take doing that air base in the Holy Land. Well, but he's always got a beef, though. It's either we're in the Holy Land or we're in Saudi Arabia or well, we, or we gave money to somebody or we talked good to somebody or we don't cover our women's heads with, you know, with burqas. I mean, right? Well, yeah. So he's always going to be angry at something. And, but the reality is he's angry because we haven't because we're not we're, we don't embrace his view of Islam yeah and yeah. how do you stop people like that I mean that's I, I don't know what do you do well I mean he wouldn't he probably wouldn't be as powerful in terms of his organization if we weren't doing things that was fueling the hatred and the anger I mean our Al-Qaeda has mushroomed in size since we, because of what we did in Iraq. Well, what, it got people what were fired doing, up that weren't fired up before. But what were you doing that caused 9-11? I mean, why was he so pissed up? There were several things. And one was that air base in, in the middle, in, Me- in Mecca, the Holy Land. Uh-huh. And, and he was very insulted about that. But there were also some other things that had to do with... Well, I mean, the fact so Funding we, of the Saudi royal family. Exactly. After we had funded him... Right. Yeah, we, right. we certainly play games in that. Because he right. doesn't like yeah. the Saudi, you know, royal family. But what that yeah. says to me is, here's a guy. I mean, the, the reason this guy is so dangerous, and the reason the these the the facts or the uh, the sects are so dangerous, is because they're already conditioned to pick up weapons. Right. There is no spiritual backing that can contravene that. And so. That's why they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be consistently dangerous, and they're always going to have a beef, and they're always going to try to end it in violence. So how do you stop that? Well, not, not, I don't think that re, that religion in general is. I no, think I don't think so. The extremist group. Just Absolutely. like there's extremists within Christianity. And those I mean, are the ones David who are... Koresh yeah. And, and yeah. all of those, that they were but all... There might, but there's not a ton of them that are saying... I mean, I don't know, and how many ex- extremists... Know Islam's or Muslims, I don't really know, but most of those guys are not saying, "Hey, let's pick up guns or strap bombs to ourselves right. or whatever." So, right. I mean, it, you know, it'd be really fun to have a have a an Islam scholar on to talk about the Quran and all those sorts of things, but. You know, there yeah, well, Mike's is, been it, on to tell us that it does not say kill the infidel. Right. But some people that. tell you that it does. And right. I think but it also I, depends on different interpretations, translations and translations. And interpretations. And, yeah. you know, is but it, there's something about, there. you know, one of the things that when people are finally at a point where they feel so repressed, I mean, where they feel like there's no other way out, that's when people start to turn to violence. And we see that in America, too, well, all absolutely. the time. I mean, that's what drives people into buildings with machine guns and and all those things. Something's happened in their life, and they've hit a point where they absolutely, at their core, believe that there is, it's all against them, and there's no way out, and they're so repressed, and that's that's what ends up but I think it's more than bubbling that to the surface. Because I think there is a, a certain segment now in the world that it's more than just repression. It's a it's a philosophical and religious duty, and that's and that's different because we used to think well we were safe in the United States because once you came over and hung out here for a while and you saw the opportunities you had there's no way you were going to strap up on yourself and do anything stupid. I mean, it's it's self preservation. You want to preserve your life because because you like the way of life that you can live here. When somebody no longer cares about their life, yeah, 
and, and, and believes that there's an overriding duty, say a religious duty, and they don't care what happens to them, it becomes very dangerous because mm -hmm. they have nothing to well, lose. Well, I mean, that is a key point there. And, and if that's how they feel or that group, well, then that's, how, how do you keep them from but it, And you have to ask that? yourself, is there, is there anything about the current strategy of putting the volume of troops and guns on the ground in the Middle East that alleviates any of yeah, that pressure. It just feels for, it for it, Muslims. It, it may just feel there it. is nothing. Right. That's all it does. Yeah. And that the thing is too is I think at a at also a point with these extremists is I mean generations of hate being passed down. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you you know when you are from a little you know tiny child conditioned with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, over and over again, it becomes a part of who yeah. you are, yeah. and you don't know any different. Yep. And and then you're also primed for, in, in some ways, some brainwashing to mm -hmm. believe that if I do this, that's you know that's a holy thing, and I blow yeah. myself up. Those mm -hmm. kinds of things. I mean, well, technology is so, different because where before, if you believe that way, they may say, well, here's a knife, and you know, go out and attack somebody, and kill yourself. Now, it's, now here's, yeah, a, it's here's a big bomb you can you can put in your wallet that'll right. blow up two two it's, square blocks. Yes, it's like 50,000 knives. Yeah, right. exactly. So yes. Did anybody and, see and the South Park where the kids went to Iraq? Oh, huh. No, no. They met their four counterparts, their Iraqi <laughs> oh, counterparts. Oh, man. We should put a link up for that. Well, they did a pen pal thing. The whole point was they, the kids sent letters to Iraq saying, you know, we love you, we want to be your friends. And the kids in Iraq sent a goat. <laughs> and so the kids... In South Park, took the goat back to Iraq and said, "You know, we don't need a goat." Right. And the kid's like, "We hate you. We just have to send a goat because it's our way. We want you to go home." <laughs> What's awesome? Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. But the troops certainly the thing, don't help. I yeah. just, I, I, I philosophically, and I don't know the answer. It's how do, people who who feel they have a religious duty to to kill you. How do you how do you stop that? Yeah. Right, but see, because there's other. I'm sorry, you don't no, go you, ahead. No, go you dive ahead. in. No, dive in. Well, what I was just going to say is, there's other free countries in this world. There's other democratic societies in this world. There's other societies where their women don't wear burkas and stuff, and they're yeah. not mad at them. No, but see, I, there's, so there's something else going on. I mean, they're not bombing Switzerland. You know, well, they're not angry at Denmark. I mean, all of these other. So some there's something else going with this that's tied strictly with the U.S. And what a lot of people would say, it's our Lots and lots of years, I mean, years before we were even, you know, born, mm -hmm. foreign of policy. Ego domination and foreign policy. And us doing things that triggered additional problems, and it, mm -hmm. anyway. No, I think this is a very started. interesting discussion, and it just so happens that uh, my sister-in-law uh, married a gentleman who is of Palestinian descent, mm -hmm. born in Saudi, you know, family essentially kicked out of the country, you know, which was created for Israel. Um <clears throat> And, you know, still has a lot of connections in Lebanon, Syria. You know, mm -hmm. their family's still very tied there. But, you know, the main thing that I'm able to draw from him, and he's a very well-educated, you know, you know, Islam person. Uh, or Muslim. What's that? He's Muslim. Excuse me. Thank yes, you. Sir. Yes, Muslim individual. And, uh, you know, the thing that he brings home to me is that in America, we just do not understand how bad these people have it. And, you know, we think of middle class, lower class, upper class, and you get into an area like Saudi Arabia where it's the royal family and everybody, and everybody, else. everybody else. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you literally have nothing yeah. and it's really a caste society and mm -hmm. there's no opportunity for you to ever have anything, that's yeah. your saving grace is your mm -hmm. faith. Yeah. And right. that's all you have. And then you're going to act out against the biggest guy right. on the block. Because you nice. have nothing to right. lose. And there's also a real uh, distaste for our quality of life here across the board as a country. I mean, you know, right. anybody can come over here and, with some effort, you know, create a you know reasonable standard of living, and that's just not an option in a lot of these other countries. So, uh, especially in that part of the world. So, so how do you fix that? That makes perfect sense. So, so is, it, is it an economic issue? I mean, I think uh, it's underneath the religious issue, it's ab an economic absolutely. Issue. It, 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 it's a bitterness. It's almost like a jealousy that, mm -hmm. you know, you have something that I can never touch or have. So, you know, the only way that I could, you know, act out is to attack something you, right? You know, well, that's how. But that's how Hitler that's built important. Sure. Germany, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really the same type of thing. It's but, this repressed folks coming up and then and but, then blaming somebody else and attacking. Right. But as a, an American who wouldn't know any better. 
yeah, how would anybody how know could that? we understand right. that? He's, he, I mean, I, I couldn't understand that on a level until you know he went into the level right. of detail, right. uh, you know, and you put yourself in their shoes, thinking, well, geez, I have nothing to live for. I have no opportunity to grow, to get an education, to do something with my life. You know, I walk down the street, I can get shot at, you know, over on the Gaza Strip. You know, there's no, I mean, you have no safety. You have all you have is your faith and your family, and yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Right. You know, I saw uh, the the female president of Monrovia uh, a few months ago. She came into to Portland and gave a speech and, uh, in, in, excuse me, of Liberia. And just, they call her Mama Africa. She's, I think, like the only female oh, elected. Oh, yeah, I have heard. Uh, and yeah. she's right. just a I saw her on having, I, I've lived in Liberia before. Uh, have spent a lot of time there. And, and so it was great to go see her. And I got to meet her and shake her hand and all that stuff. Um, and she, just a wonderful, and she's like Harvard educated, very smart, very, and the first thing she did, uh, besides clearing off the roles of people who were dead and making money off the government, uh, was, she said, we have to rebuild our education system. We have to build schools. We have to, and so one of the things she was doing in the United States was working with colleges and stuff to put together scholarship programs so she could get people from her country to come and get educated mm-hmm. and come back, and then asking educated people from Liberia to come back and help and volunteer, and 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 because that's where that's gonna where that rebuilding is gonna come from to give those folks hope. Right. The same right. type of thing because right. they have nothing. Yeah, I mean, right. it's just. It's, but it is about education and creating opportunity to then drive that. Well, it does make sense because if you look <coughs> even in the U.S., if you, you know, look at statistics, when like the economy is doing be- is doing well, where every crime gr- drops, oh, and yeah. when the economy isn't doing well, crime rises. I mean, right. it's and it's going along a well, little bit of the, the same point, thing, you know? point that he was making over there, which is there's a point where you get where you have nothing else to lose because it's so bad, yeah. and then you do things that you wouldn't maybe do if you didn't have right. to worry about paying your light bill or and then you you know, to putting religion, food on the table and that and kind of thing. And it becomes very powerful. Exactly. Right. So you have no hope, right. but if you do right. this, you're going right. to get, and your family will be taken care of, and blah, blah, blah. So it's very motivating. And exactly. Yes. There yeah. you go. Yes. I was just going to mention that, and that's very prevalent over there, that you know, if you're willing to make that sacrifice, you know, your family is rewarded it's in a way that they of. would never mm-hmm. see. Right. Yeah. So, so very good. Point. The ultimate uh, sacrifice for those. Let's talk about another guy who's really good at putting himself in other people's shoes. Hmm? President Bush. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk about. Uh, He's so compassionate about uh, Senator Wide stance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would have been so much better. Yeah, oh. I was. I was like waiting for it. I'm uh, like, what a nice setup. I had the Australia Austria <laughs> thing right here. <laughs> I totally forgot about <laughs> Senator oh. Weinstein. Now I don't know where to go. We can come back. We can, we can come, come back, back to Weinstein. Oh. God, I feel like I want to just erase it, go back in time, have a good joke. Uh, so Bush is down in Australia, and uh, and he says uh, he's talking to uh, Australian Premier John Howard and thanking him for his support of the troops. Uh, thanking him specifically for going down and and visiting the Aust- Austrian troops in uh, in Iraq, uh, and uh, of course the Australians are quick to point out in in the Daily Mail that there are no Austrian troops. Australia, however, has fifteen hundred military personnel in the region, and Bush just just one after another. Uh, he then confuses the group he's speaking to was APEC the Asia-Pacific Economic Corporation, in Sydney, and he called it OPEC. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's a one-two that you just... Yeah. We get a lot of the one-offs, Bush gaffes, but, like, when he fell off the Segway and, you know, all sorts of great things. Did you see that the guy who... uh, I don't know, never mind. I lost it. Yeah. No, anyway, it was... This was a... It's just a beautiful thing. It really makes us proud. So, (laughs) to to anybody with any Austrian... The Bush blunder uh, down under. Bush, Bush blunder <laughs> down right. under. To yeah. anyone from Austria or Australia, we apologize. Uh, for, <laughs> we love both countries. Our, on they behalf both... of our leader, we do love you all. Bush will say, I'm sorry, they both started with A's. I got lost <laughs> after that. And the other one ended with Peck. They're, you know, they're, they're all Aussie to me. All Aussie to me. <laughs> Oh goodness! All right, Lord so we Lord. talked. We talked a lot about Senator Wide Stance last week, uh, and you guys weren't didn't have the luxury of 
of being here. But I, I was just flabbergasted. He's like changing his mind this week. So well, now what are you saying? Now he is gay. He won't. No, maybe oh. he won't retire. Or whatever. Maybe he is gay. <laughs> I, I think it's the same thing. It's like okay, I reached out and I touched her shoe. I rubbed my hand in there. But no, I'm not really gay. Well, maybe I am. It's like now he's changing his mind. Maybe he wants to stay. I just thought it was kind of funny that he's. Yeah. It's like, dude, because, go away, man. Yeah. Did you see the clip of him on, like, meet, was it Meet the Press? It was right after the whole with Clinton and, and Monica. And he's talking about how Clinton's a, is a nasty, naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it was like, now, no. then, watching me, that, me if he was, you know, boy. you're like, that is so gay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, it was just, but, boy. you know, of course, he was being very judgmental and, and that's what that's what has everybody going yeah. about this, which is, you know, being so harsh and judgmental and family values. It's you know, if that's what you want to do, you know, we're missing so whatever, we're missing but, so much authenticity in government. I mean, so, you, you want leaders to just just just, just, just be sake, honest and work right. hard and do good stuff for the people you're representing. Quit and you know what? Well, and in Idaho be too, gay. They, yeah, just be that way. I if know, you are, yeah. if you need to go to the bathroom. At least let well, people know. Does it, does it find you interesting, find it interesting, though, that there's such an issue in the Minnesota airport that there's a sting going on to catch that? I thought that, that was a little weird. <laughs> I did, too. I was like, what yeah. is Yeah, when the, when the when the cop says, sir, I see this every day. Yeah, that's, that's got a me stunning a commentary I, about, I the, about Actually, the Midwest. I've been on a lot of flying lately, and I don't fly into Minnesota anymore and use the restroom because I'm almost like, I don't want to do anything well, weird. Like, yeah. but is that an Welcome airport? to Minnesota. Yeah. Hold it. Is that an airport <laughs> thing, or is that a Minnesota airport thing? I don't know. Thing? I mean, I don't know. Is it just a back room behind the boiler gonna, thing? You know what they're going to do? Step. They're going to start making really small stalls. <laughs> <laughs> no wide stance allowed. <laughs> the whole thing's just yeah, bizarre. It's just bizarre. It, Go, just go, get off the scene, you know, and go. And the thing that's interesting is in Idaho, well, the Democrats of Idaho, they've elected, I guess, a gal um, to their um, state uh, house or Congress, something like that, that's a lesbian, and she's been elected like two terms. It's not like something in Idaho that you... Because she's right. she's straight up about it. But, not to well, yeah, point then, phrase, like you but, said, you just know. just be authentic just, and honest, and tell people who you are, and call yeah. it good. Yeah, it's it's right. the lying and the backstabbing and looking out for yourself. And That's what, then, just because it just starts this cascade of of bad press, you know. So, and we don't but, need you to know, read here's, it. Here's an interesting thing too, though. What do you guys think about how you know? Because the from my understanding, the Republican Party is, for the most part, is pressuring him to resign. Mm-hmm. But yet they've done nothing with Vitter, who was caught and admitted to a prostitute, which is also a crime. Was it a prostitute? I guess I don't... Mm. Yeah, it was a prostitute. Hmm. Now, was that uh, okay know. just because it was a girl? Well, that is a good question. I, I, I didn't, wasn't really I, aware of the other... The yeah, Vitter, and they, Vitter, and they haven't, they haven't pressured him. To step down. Spoke now publicly about allegations he carried on an 11-month affair with a prostitute. Interesting. So what's up with that within that party? Why are you not holding them both accountable? They did something, you know, whatever. I I think most, I'm just going to guess, I don't think a lot of uh, the politicians in Washington, D.C. want any uh, news about any prostitution ring to be brought out because all of them are probably pretty guilty. Yeah. Uh, so well, I think that probably has a lot to do with it, is, is circling the ranks. Just like a lot of them a... were hypocrites about Clinton because yeah. so many of them had done that. It's, exactly. it's an interesting shift, though, because there's a there's a new poll uh, here that's uh, released. Let me see where it, where it was from. Uh, NOLA.com. It's got to be a national organization of somebody. Oh, it's a New Orleans. It's off a New Orleans website, NewOrleans.com. Uh, New uh, it was. It says religion is no longer key to ballot victory. The poll says that uh, that success of candidates like Hillary Clinton and Rudy Giuliani is saying that this election, for the first time, we're seeing people they're giving up on hanging their hats on people being on their candidates being spiritual and Gosh, I hope so. conservatively really? spiritual no, in one way, shape, or form. I hope so. Let's let's select people based on ability and leadership. Separation of church and state. Well, that's how Roe got what Bush elected believe. twice. Yeah. Was, was about yeah. taking mm-hmm. a particular segment of society and driving yeah. and voting based upon that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, solve yeah. freaking problems, yeah. people. I Quit know. screwing around. It's yeah. frustrating. Speaking of or at problems. Least don't screw around in the men's bathroom <laughs> in Minnesota. <laughs> 
So uh, speaking of problems, uh, uh, let's talk about our uh, let's talk about our topic of yes. the day. Topic today is what's going the on? Housing market, market, the economy. So I started I started thinking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when I first saw the the Kramer the Jim Kramer clip right, <laughs> where where Kramer oh, yeah. lost it, yeah. just flipped out. On the precious. Stop Trading with Jim Cramer show, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Now, I think the guy's a nut job. He's sure a, he he's, a, he's entertaining. He's a bona fide yeah. nut job. But that's the first but time I get to think sm- about he's, it. He's a good investor. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, yeah. for, for what I know of yeah. what he does, I mean, the guy's got a popular show. He's got made a lot of money in the market. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what from nothing. But he says that the... Uh, uh, that the market's going to tank, that the the Fed doesn't know what's going on in the market, and I, I'm sitting here thinking I have no concept of of what is going on in the market. So I thought it would be a good idea to bring someone who knows what's going on in the mortgage market, how we got here, and uh, and you know whether I need to move into a, a rental. <laughs> okay. So ownership uh, is probably always going to. <laughs> Says you, says you. I guess I look. I got into Zillow the other day and looked at my house value. It's down ten thousand bucks, like in the last. But how much was it days. overflated over the last? Well, I don't. No know doubt about that. My house has been. It feels I mean, overflated uh, over. Oh the yeah. Refis, but I mean, maybe it's correcting and actually coming back to where it's really yeah. supposed to be. So what is well, going? Yeah. On? What is going on? Give sure. us a background. This here. Tell us. All right. Make us stop talking. Because the stock market's down like two hundred fifty points again 250 today. Two hundred fifty points today. Yeah. Well, really, the core of the problem, you know, has started over the last couple of years, and and basically where things started, I believe, to go awry is just the the ease of, of, of money out there, and and people who really weren't bona fide, you know, qualified from a traditional lending perspective to get money, all of a sudden, you know, as demand, you know required it and, and you know more people move into the area more people wanting to own a home you know property values going up driving that demand you know the market had to change to basically open the door for people who might not be credit worthy to get into homes well so, and, and there wasn't there there was a mandate or something right I mean this was this was part of Clinton's whole thing everybody needs to own a home right yeah. I and mean, that was his mission so so what now people are writing loans out of their garage <laughs> Well, it's not necessarily completely about the loan person or the loan originator. A lot of it's just been done at the bank level. There was a real opportunity to, you know, certainly in lending there is money to be made on the servicing end, okay? If you look at traditional lending and traditional banks, how they loan money, let's take like a Washington Mutual, for example, a Chase, a Wells Fargo. They take in deposits... Okay, mm-hmm. and then based upon those deposits, you know, the FDIC allows them to turn around and loan that money out, mm-hmm. you know, as a means to generate money. So maybe they'll pay you 1% on your bank account, mm-hmm. your savings rate, your passbook, whatever that is, and then they're going to turn around and loan that money out in the form of a loan. That's how they make their spread. Well, as there was more grease to be made, other institutions besides banks Mm -hmm. started getting into the lending business and they thought of it from a perspective of well if you know technically we could float that money on a loan let's say you know let's say there was a two hundred thousand dollar loan instead of actually having the assets behind that they could work with somebody to float that loan on a line of credit of some kind and turn around and package it as a mortgage-backed security and sell it on the secondary market to wall street to pension funds, hedge funds. I mean, that's, that, that's how it works today. It could be a Fannie product, Freddie product, or a non-traditional product, which is more along the lines of what we've gotten into. So it's like a, we've got this this back-channel market of, you know, my loan has been for sale mm-hmm. several times, and now Absolutely. there's a yeah. whole back-channel market of, of loan sales. So so what? So well, well, what has happened is now Wall Street is saying we don't want those loans anymore and there's a reason why and, and really how it as op, as the market changed as home values grew you know to, to meet demand more exotic loan products that were generally designed for the you know affluent mm-hmm. all of a sudden became mainstream to an average Joe who did not understand. Okay, so what means. kind of what can you describe one sure. of these loan products? What we're really talking? sure. 
Um, well, one of them could I be... I want to know if I'm in sure. one. <laughs> one of them could... One, one of those products that was not readily available was an interest-only loan. And, and those get a lot of bad press. But, you know, the, there, there's advantages and disadvantages okay. of that particular loan. But th- probably a better example I can give you is what's called an option arm. Have you mm-hmm. have you heard of those? It's Describe basically it, a pick-a-payment yeah. type loan. You have a, sometimes for a fixed period of time, a guaranteed fixed low interest rate payment, okay, but your, your interest rate is actually tied to some sort of an index. So you have the ability to make a 30-year payment, fixed rate payment, uh-huh. at a fully amortized rate, a 15-year, an interest-only payment, and then you have an option at a minimum payment. So let's say that minimum payment is 3%, okay? Yeah. Well, if you're making a 3% payment, okay, and your interest rate that's fully amortized is really 6%, then what happens is your 3% monthly payment is not meeting enough to cover the balance of, you know, what your monthly payment should be from an interest perspective. So that spread, the difference between 3% and 6% or whatever that is, gets added to the back of your loan. Right. So So your loan balance actually could be growing. It's increasing. Yes. Now, people really did this. Mm-hmm. A lot of a it. A lot of it. Yeah, and a lot of it. And it's the people, what we're saying here is the people who are getting really hosed are the people who got into that were not, would not have been qualified mm-hmm. to do one of these, one of the straight up, you know, 15 That's or 30 year loans. Or they were qualified and values were growing so fast. Partly how they were sold is property values are growing at 10% a year right now. So if you have a $200,000 home, that's $20,000 of equity. Yeah. So... You could property values are growing more quickly than your balance may grow, and then people could get into a bigger house maybe yeah. than they could have on a traditional 30-year But then fixed. they turn around, interest rates go up. Rates go up. Um, you know, there's steep or, prepayment penalties and things yeah, going or on. Or the demand for houses goes down. Goes down. Right. So then the values stay put. All of a sudden, it. your balances mm-hmm. are growing. I mean, this, this is just a core example. And... Also, the influx of 100% financing. I mean, traditionally, back in the day, you required a down payment. I mean, FHA used to be, you know, the primo program because you only, you only had to put 3% down. When I started in the business back in 1999, FHA was, I mean, 3% down was the minimum. Right. I mean, yeah. they just didn't have 100% financing available. So all of a sudden, the floodgates opened over the last several years where you could do an 80% first and a 20% second. So why make a down payment? Huh. Okay, so you can do a first-second combo and get into a house yeah. with no money out of pocket, have the seller pay your closing costs, and all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a home at almost no cost out of pocket. And the first 45 days go by and that you know, your payments start coming in. Right, and maybe you had the means to make yeah. those payments, but it, it's very common. You know, house poor, don't they call it? You make your payment, but you can't, right. you you can't afford to get the house. Yeah. You can't you afford it. anything else. Or you qualify it on an interest-only loan instead of at the fully amortized rate, so you're, t- you're tapped at an interest-only payment, and all of a sudden your arm adjusts, and your rate becomes variable, and suddenly a twelve hundred dollar payment goes to sixteen or eighteen hundred dollars. Right. And you were already and you were already maxed out at the moment at that yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So your only option then is to turn around and sell. Well, in many cases, sell you've got your a couple house, options. and then there's One, the market's can, not good. You can kind of grin and bear it, and yeah. and you know go make a little more income or make some choices and sacrifices. Right. You know your second option is to be late. Yeah, and like with your payments. Sure, just, late late on payments, which eventually could lead to you know foreclosures and default. And the, or your third option is to sell. Well, as you all know, anytime you're forced to sell, you make some you sacrifices. Have, yeah, you you might have to take a reduction in price. I mean, there's there's a lot of things going on. So now we're in a market where you know there's a lot of inventory out there. There's several people in these short term arms and and really exotic mortgage type loans that. You know, their fixed payments are going to be coming due in the next 12 to 18 months, and they don't have an exit strategy. Wow. So then they're trying to sell, and so... Or maybe they're not there yet. Right. But, but the people who are there, yeah, maybe they're trying to sell. And, and so, and there's not enough buyers for that, of course, so then that, that sure. puts pressure on the houses to lower their price. Yep. Because then people, because you can't get what you want for it, you say, all right, well, I'll... I'll drop it ten thousand bucks. Maybe somebody will buy it. But if that happens across the nation, then house prices get depressed, mm-hmm. and that, 
So you're not building as many houses, so that ripples into right. construction, that it ripples into home people selling washers and dryers. I mean, it kind of just starts rippling through yeah. the economy. Mm-hmm. But that's and, more on the real estate side. On the true lending side, what's happened is the investors who were buying these products on the secondary market, because they're not a Fannie Freddie insured right. type product, all of a sudden these investors really overnight made a decision that, gosh, there's default rates going up, there's foreclosures. You know, We don't want to be in that business. We don't want to be there because our reward in terms of the rate of return or, right. or the amount of money we're charging in an interest rate that we're receiving is not covering, you know. Yeah. Right. And our investors our margin, aren't going to like it. That's right. So, you know, you see portfolios going down. All this has just kind of gone crazy. Right. And foreclosures are up, like, what's the percentage? Nationally, they're way up. They're not up near as bad in in the state of Oregon. Oregon's pretty much about middle of the road. Your top offenders are California, Texas, Florida, Massachusetts, Colorado, Ohio. Uh, in my newsletter I did back in February, I believe the top seven states represented over half of all the Whoa. foreclosures, all the foreclosures in the entire country. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Yes. Okay. So it, it is a national problem, but it's, it's, it's clearly worse in other parts of the country than ours. Yeah, I'm not an expert, but isn't it also related to other things from a larger global point of view? Uh, our incomes are flat in the United States, so then it becomes harder to keep up with the cost of houses. So as house prices go up, and if your income isn't going up the match, then you can't afford to buy more. So then there's not as much demand. Right. Or so you that, have to that go out and get a well. second job or a third job. Right, exactly. And it also ties, because everything's a system. So healthcare costs go up, so you have less income to buy right. things. Or manufacturing jobs aren't as many, and so you don't have so all that Suddenly kind of the percentage of your yeah. expenses theory, that yeah. is going toward yeah. house right. is climbing and climbing right. and climbing. So you climbing. can't afford as, can't much, afford as much. And house. so therefore you. But. You also understand that we were in a five-year run of you know 65% price growth in this market. So you had people who weren't thinking about whether or not they could afford it. They were thinking, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna suck it up and get in right now, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna ride the wave. And you know, if you made forty thousand dollars in two years on a house, and you could sell that house at minus expenses, let's say, end up with thirty thousand dollars in your pocket. I mean, that's a year's wage for some people. Who would ever have an opportunity to sock that yeah. kind of money in the bank just living in a house? Right. I mean, right. everybody needs a place to live anyway. So right. that was kind of the mindset. But that's people getting suckered in and not realizing risk and reward go hand in hand. Well, so if it has the potential right. for that kind of reward, there's also the potential for that kind of yeah. risk. I mean, for you to have timed it wrong, things to go yeah. badly. and. So as people are beckoning, all of a sudden the banks say, geez, how can we accommodate this and make a buck? Okay, so we get out of traditional lending, and we get into more of a, a mortgage company, mortgage banking type process, okay, where they're floating the money, okay, they package the loan, and then they turn around and sell it for a profit on the secondary market. So that margin covers their carrying costs, and that's how they're making money. Well, when the secondary market comes back and says, no, we're not taking it, we don't want to buy these, yeah. you can't go back to the client who's at a 6% loan and say, well, the investor wants to charge you 7 or 7.5 because that's, that's where they think you should be from a risk rate. So what do you do? You eat it. That's right. Those, those you, banks you, are you the lender. The so lender that's countrywide. It. Was it countrywide you that had it. to be bailed out? Or? Well, countrywide had to be bailed out, but there have been several, several banks who've just flat out gone belly up. Let me explain how loans are actually sold in the secondary market. Mm-hmm. They're packaged together as bricks. Okay, so let's say you have a brick of $100 million in loans, okay, that's closed on a day. So that would be, you know, on a $200,000 average, what would that be, 5,000 loans? Yep. Nationwide that maybe you close, you know, via one bank. Okay, so they were floating that money and then turning around and selling it to the secondary market for $101 million. So that $1 million a day was basically their profit to, you know, cover all their carrying costs. Well, almost overnight... The market came back and said, that 101, we're not going to pay it anymore. We value it at 97. So all of a sudden you're a bank and you look at 30 to 60 days of pipeline. And having to eat. And having to eat $3, million. three four, $5 million a day or percent 
on all of those deals, yeah, you don't have a lot of choices. You you either have to find a way to service it and find the means to do that, which is partially what Countrywide did. Countrywide tapped a you know eleven billion dollar line of credit, plus they got a float from Bank of America for some some benefits mm-hmm. in exchange for another two billion. <laughs> wow. Okay. So. Okay. But if you don't have those means, what do you do? I mean, you can't just keep hemorrhaging cash. I mean, most of these companies didn't have those kind of assets. I mean, you look at American Home Mortgage, all credible places. But where it started was subprime. Subprime started probably in December, January, going through these issues where the, the market said, we don't want to buy. But subprime was kind of grouped in with anything non-Fannie Freddie, so anything right. stated income, so once subprime started going bad, you know, all those were packaged together and sold as a mortgage-backed security mm-hmm. to a hedge fund, pension, you know, even an individual investor can go buy those. So what do we do now? So if I'm a homeowner. Yeah, let's say, well, there's, there's two, right? If you're a homeowner in one of these at-risk loans, right, you've, you're or already exo- feeling so you've got what, an exotic loan, right? Yeah, if you have an exotic kind, loan. You've got, you're could worried be a about short-term, three-year, five-year arm. It could be interest only. So what right you now, you're watching your interest rates go up. Or you're waiting for the day when it does. That's Because yeah. right. it's coming. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Well, you, you you look at a couple different things. One, like um, would there be a refinance market for somebody like that? Well, I mean, if you're there already is a risk. refinance market. But the caveat to this is a lot of the programs that people were placed into to get these loans due to the subprime fallout are gone. Yeah. So you've got somebody in a loan with no exit strategy. Yeah. That's bad news. And and I'm just, there are a lot of Americans who are in that spot. Thousands and thousands and thousands. Because for the last five years, that's our ten years, that's all they've been doing. That's right. So they're only, they can either try and do a fire sale and get out. Sure. Which is what a lot of them are doing. A lot of people are doing. Or you yes. figure out how to whittle down your expenses and, and bite the bullets. You, you, you suck decide it up. that you're not going to have health care anymore. And right. You, I mean, that's, yeah. that's yeah. the reality of what people start or you, doing. You have to, or you lower your standard of living a little. You don't. Right. You know, well, you know where you want to be in this market is you want to be a landlord. You want to you want to make you want to turn your house into a rental. That's, that's absolutely true. Rents have gone up significantly. I've got several clients who you know jacked up rents a couple hundred dollars a month, and they've had people beating down their door because uh, it's less. Because, because these, these it's are the still folks less who, than what they're going to deal with on their house. Yeah. These are the folks who monetarily have the means to buy, but maybe don't have the credit, and there's no programs available. So they still want to live in a nice yeah. house, and they can afford it. But they just have no means of getting a loan to get in. So as wow. a renter, you might be a little bit more risk, but that's, you know. Sure. Well, the risk Lord, is, but the the risk is you're going to be on a month-to-month lease and, or a month-to-month uh, rental rates. That's a, that's, that's a good place to be. I'm going to. You're going to go out and buy a bunch gonna, of property. I'm going to move into the tough shed in the backyard, actually. <laughs> and uh, and uh, just be, act as sort of a landlord. <laughs> Me and so, the kids and the lawnmower. Yeah. It is very scary. And the gasoline fumes. The national media has really blown this up too, and played the fear card. Okay, so is it well, is it out of proportion? That. Yeah, is it out of Playing proportion the to the card. problem? I don't think it's out of proportion, but I, I I think the national media focuses on you know the problem and not what solutions are. You know, they just want to cry about the problem. Uh, on the secondary market right now, people want to buy loans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still for the right risk tolerance, they're still a great investment. It's a great opportunity for you know these investment type firms to mm-hmm. come in and pick up money and mm-hmm. and get a really healthy rate of return. But what they're looking for now, they don't want bad money; they want good money. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm seeing in the marketplace now is interest rates coming down, banks offering specials because they're craving to get clean money to balance the bad. And that's what the secondary market wants. Uh, so if you're if you're in a position where you have money and you're you have good credit and you've got the means, you actually can get a better deal now. I actually yeah, I've seen it. And actually underwriting, I believe, has gotten easier in that regard. Really? I've had, if you've got if you're a, a if you clean, are more yeah. uh, valuable 
it's not even about liquid money in hand. It's about credit. It's about loan to value. You know how much equity you have in your house. But clearly, somebody today who is looking to do a 30-year fix is going to get a better deal right now, believe it or not, than somebody you know three, four, or five months ago even. So what are the rates now just for a 30-year fix? A 30-year fix today touched 6% even. That's as low as it's been, I'd say, since May. Wow. Um, We saw a real jack up into May, beginning of June, Due to some other issues going on in the marketplace, you know, weak dollar, um, you had a major sell-off in the bond market where New Zealand, China, and some other countries, you know, jacked interest rates up, which people sold off in our debt to go buy there at a better rate of return, and then that adjusted over time. Dollars but, at a 15-year low. See, what I what I was going to ask is, so how does this all tie kind of to our dollar? Because one of the things that I've heard is about how much debt actually China and Japan have bought, you know, are lending us basically money mm-hmm. by ba- buying our treasuries. Mm-hmm. And how if something were to happen where they eventually lose enough value and China wants to turn around and unload all of those, what that would do to our overall economy in general. So how does what's happening in the housing market have a relationship on the value of the dollar? Is that That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I'm personally not as concerned about external forces. I, uh, for me, I'm more focused on what's going on here locally. I mean, the dollar's going to go up and down, and we can't necessarily control that. But in the States, our dollar is still good. You know, that, yeah. that impacts right. foreign investment to a degree. But, but what we're seeing is, you know, the Fed, for example, what, three weeks ago, injected, you know, over $100 million into money supply to, just to try and help out with this liquidity problem across the board because all of these different banks who would finance loans suddenly couldn't sell them and they were sitting on them. Mm-hmm. But where would that money come from? We just Did we, we print more money? Uh, we print it. Yep. But see, isn't that dangerous? Hurts inflation. <laughs> That's <laughs> what we do. But it's I mean, our way. Well, I, yeah. I mean, well, I'm, the big question is, like, goes back to our debt and government spending. And all right, that kind of stuff. right. But uh, one of my questions is, so... Putting on your your hat, I know we have to probably wrap up here pretty quick. Yeah, we're close. Uh, where's where interest rates going to go? Do you think just based on what you're seeing? And, and nobody's going to hold you to it and call you no, and say, "I bought sure. a house and you told me." No, absolutely not. I I think given what's going on and and the strong demand for clean money, I think if you could, you've really got two different types of loans. You've got a Fannie Freddie, which you know does you know. They're a government piece. You know, millions of loans run through their risk modeling, so they've pretty much got it dialed. And then you have anything outside of that, which would be any non-traditional type loan, some of the exotic stuff we talked about, but anything maybe state of income, anything, you know, home equity lines of credit. So you've got you know, you've got two different packages there. What we're seeing in the non-traditional stuff, because they've been high, there's been higher default rates, and now they have the track record to say, yeah, you know, Arms, some of these arms are at seven and a half, eight percent. But if you really want to look at a true 30 year fix, I think it's going to continue to get better for a little while. I really do. Um, I think our next, you know, our rates move in cycles. I think our next cycle is probably going to be 2009, 2010. And, you know, there could be a situation where we're right back down in the fives. Who knows? Maybe even touch, you know, I've, I've read high fours even. Which would be probably the next, the next, you know, boom. I guess you can say. Um, but for right now, I think a lot of this is just going to be market driven. You know, they're trying to, you know, clean bad money with good money. And you know, if they're packaging loans, you know, maybe they can slip a couple of these bad ones into the investor. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have more good money to try and get rid of them and you know, kind of equalize. Bad money, good money. This this is just more proof that every business model is based on the Sopranos. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I think we get lulled into complacency and we think everything's always going to go up. It's like the stock Uh market and the the, the internet and all that stuff. And it's just not true. Everything goes in cycles. I'm going to guess, though, that we're 
we're at the beginning and we're probably in a recession. It just hasn't been defined yet. And I, I guess sure. it's probably going to get worse. Before. The next uh, next meeting of the Fed is the 18th September of the 18th. month? Yeah, they're probably going to lower rates. They're probably going to lower yeah. rates. Yeah, the first time they, they lowered in August, it was kind of an emergency lowering. It yeah. was the discount rate, which yeah. is basically the interbank type rate. That was to help the banks. That was to help the banks. Mm-hmm. You know they're projecting now. You know I've I've seen everything from you know rate cut this time to possibly three, four, five rate cuts because you know the influx of the problem is now spreading to the whole economy. And yeah. the, you know the quickest way to see that is all these banks and firms close. You're killing jobs. Right. Yeah. And these aren't. And then that's these aren't minimum wage the, jobs. Yeah. yeah these, these are, are white collar jobs. Mm-hmm. A lot of these are white collar jobs. So we're seeing you know unemployment grow. And these aren't easily replaceable. And a lot of these people, you know, this is what they've been doing. And, and yeah, they, they don't, don't have any other skills, really. I mean, that's right. now what do they do? Yeah. That's right. So I think we're, for a period of time, I think what we're going to see is the bigger banks are going to be a little more dominant. You know, but I know I send a lot of my business to the bigger banks now just for protection of the customer because I know they're going to be there. I've had yeah. four different loans in the last month that... Either they've pulled the program away or the bank shut altogether. What happens if I have a loan with a bank that closes? I mean, I'm not saying your it. loan's probably going to be picked up. Yeah, I'm somewhere. just, I'm just, if I, if somebody's listening and they're in a position yeah, where sure. their bank just went out of business and they have a loan with them, what happens? Do they also not owe it that money? It depends if it's already been closed and it's just being. Let's serviced. say it's been closed in your service and you're paying your monthly payment okay. and then the bank. Goes yeah, under. somebody, somebody else buy it. will buy it go up. ahead and pick okay. that up, but. What I'm talking about is actually being in the loan process. And the bank goes away. And the bank goes away. So the deal steps. Well, it depends on how far you are along in the process. I've been very fortunate to where uh, I haven't run into anything like that personally, but I know several title folks that I've talked to have had clients come in and sign papers to buy a house, and the money never shows up. The bank goes out of business, and these people are left holding the bag. So... Wow. Crazy. So that's why you're wow. you're, he- you're you're starting to only work with them. I'm bigger, he- stable companies. Well, and so, you know, yeah, just yeah. for the sake of, you know, because because then if you have to move it, for example, if somebody goes out of business, you might not get the right pricing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So wow. can you imagine having to go? Can you imagine somebody coming back to you and saying, "Well, your rate's going to be a half point higher right. because of the bank closed." I mean, well, that's just not an you just sold your other house or all kinds right. of things. Yeah, you're and just stuck in a situation. So, well, I hope nobody is in that position who's listening, uh, but if you are, it sounds like there are some options. And uh, So you said you have a newsletter. Who does that go out to? I, we haven't talked about this. Oh, so. yeah, we're going to let's talk yeah. about it. Where can we find you, uh, Mr. Seibel? Uh, well, I've uh, I've got a website that's just jasonseibel.com. How do you spell it? Jason? J-A-S-O-N-S-E-I-B-E-L.com. Um, anybody who's interested in being yeah. on my newsletter, I send it out by mail or email. Um, can email me at jason at greaternw.com. Can I'll, they sign up for it at jasonseibel.com? Uh, not at this point, but that may be something I need to tackle you can here. do that yeah, this you weekend. Do. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I guess the, the big thing I'd like to leave with today is, is you know, for people to realize that there still are a lot of options out there. You know, the national media has really painted a negative picture I mean, certainly if your credit is in, in disarray, it will need to be repaired. And, and But there's things that can be done to get people back into, you know, a good buying position. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who are already there, there's still a lot of really great programs. There's still 100% programs available. It's just different than what it was two or three years ago. And it might take a little bit more effort, uh, you know, to get into stuff. But there are still options, and they're credible. And if prices continue to improve, they could be better than... You know, even where we were a few months ago. So, I mean, it's just something we have to be on the lookout for, and that's, you know, partly my job is to stay up on the times and, and, and you know, really be able to communicate that to my clientele so people are insulated. So go to jasonseibel.com, email jason at greaternw.com, and uh, sign up for the newsletter. It sounds like it's a good... I'm actually on the newsletter, and I get your picture every every, uh, every month. Other month. Or, every other month. And yep. Very, very handsome. Very handsome, this case. And I think overall a good lesson, which is when something sounds too good to be true, yes. it might be. And just at least when be a little skeptical. <laughs> if it's too good to be true, it's cheap. Uh, so, uh, and that, uh, we have uh, uh, rambled on uh, way too long. Where can we find everybody? Mary, are you, you are just hanging out at Beer30Live.com. That's right. 
Uh, Jamie, you've got uh, out Beer 30 Live, Beer 30 Live.com, and Jamie Whitley, do you have you have a website, right? You have your own uh, website? I don't have it up at the moment. I got so many things going on, yeah, I don't do. even know which way is Sunday, but uh, just get hold of me at Jamie yeah. at Beer 30 Live.com. I am uh, uh, Pete at Beer 30 Live.com. You can also find my site at Fifth and Main.com. And, Which is uh, a nice site, by the way. Yeah, I've been I'm, very it's, pretty. It's massively under construction again, as of two nights ago. I'm I'm a tinkerer, so it's a disaster right now. But at least you can find me there. So. Uh, the this last, has been, it's it has been, been really great. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. We're so glad you came by, Jason. And and uh, so everybody else, have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week on Beer Thirty Live. We're out.